thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-assed sports fans giving their half-assed opinions. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Ridge. All right. Hey, we did it. Three in a row. A little, a little late, but regardless, three in a row. I'm Chris. I'm Rich. All right, number eight, and I'm turning down the wrong thing. We're already getting, <laughs> already getting off to a good start. <laughs> number eight, Steve Young. There you go. Figure I'd throw in some football this time, change it up. Okay. Gonna have to eventually. The guy who got uh, T.O. his Super Bowl ring. Ooh. Oh. No, 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 no. Steve Young was. Uh, Steve Young came to the 49ers to back up Montana when they traded Montana. They were saying that Steve Young would never win the Super Bowl. And so when he won, he won with Jerry Rice. I think he actually, if you look at the stats, passed for more touchdowns than Jerry Rice than uh, Montana did. Yeah, I remember. I just remember when he won the Super Bowl, him yelling, Get the monkey off my back. Pull it off. It's done. People can <laughs> shut up now. <laughs> yeah, I won one, bitch. Leave me alone. Pretty much. Oh, but yeah, it's a couple more weeks. We'll be talking about training camp I reporting. I think it's 70, 71 days. <laughs> I but, think, but who's counting? Yeah, like I, I keep a, I keep a eh, not so close eye on it. But I mean, like every once in a while, I'll, I'll be like, how many days, and kind of figure it out, and be like, oh, okay, all right, cool. And then it's football. Yeah, and you know who will not be there? <laughs> Johnny Manziel. Did you see that with <laughs> with his lawyer? Which good? How do you? God. How do you? First of all, I know the AP just rolled one cell phone. And second of all, how do you accidentally text the Associated Press? Just a thought I had on the whole situation. Yeah, what is the Associated Press's number? Yeah, I know, right? Can I get that? You just call him? It's just one guy on a cell phone. Hey, this is the AP. Yeah, how you doing? I uh, just wanted to report something real quick. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it just... Dude, let's be honest here. His dad said the best place for him is jail. 
So even his dad is throwing in the towel, so to speak. He said a record for using the word druggy in a conversation, by the way. Oh, did he? Did you did you read his quote? Uh no, I just I just heard the talking heads talk about it. Oh, he's calling his son a druggy all over it. Let me see if I can bring that up here. Well, I just know that he comes from money. It's oil money, if I'm correct. Texas mm-hmm. oil money. So dad, you know, Pops is probably old school bullshit, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, blah, blah, blah kind of guy. And it's like, okay, well, let's be honest here. The guy needs to go to jail if he's, if he's committing crimes, regardless of whether he's on drugs. Now, if he's keeping his nose clean and he's just a druggie, you don't send people like that to jail. Because then he is going to come out a fucking criminal. He's a druggie. It's not a secret that he's a druggie. I don't know what to say other than my son is a druggie and he needs help. He just hasn't seeked it yet. Hopefully he doesn't die before he comes to his senses. It's about all you can say. I don't know what else to say. I hate to say it, but I hope he goes to jail. I mean, that would be the best place for him, so we'll see. This was in response to, uh, I believe, Johnny was spotted, uh, or rumored to have bought a $1,000 worth of equipment at a head shop. That's a serious piece of glass. Granted, it's been a while since I've been on a daily hippie lettuce routine, but from what I understand, with all the dabs and shit now they got, fucking, you can spend some money real quick. So $1,000? Did he buy the pot with it? Like, hey, well, that, oh, Okay, but let's be honest. We get that bong and a pound. Okay, let's, let's just, I mean, let's be honest. If he's buying weed, really... That's where, really, I mean, weed is benign as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, he has no, he has no hopes of going back to the NFL anytime soon. All right. Yeah, that, that ship is sailing real quick. And well, unless someone gets injured, (laughs) you never know. Someone could snap a femur week one. You know, know, there's a couple podcasts I listen to and they're, you know, they throw around, uh, oh, well, he could go to the CFL. And I'm like, I don't think his ego could take that hit. And why would he go for a couple hundred grand? I mean, the kid's got money. That's a weekend to Johnny football. Yeah, and, okay, so he's smoking weed, all right? Is there any proof that he's on anything else? I'd be more worried about drinking and driving, hit and runs, uh, domestic assault. Those, you know, then fucking, he bought $1,000 worth of paraphernalia and probably some weed. Who gives a shit? Didn't he come to find out that hit and run was uh, actually him? (laughs) Didn't he get arraigned for it? Yeah, I think... Crazy, someone hit my car. Oh, no, wait, you hit something and left. Yeah. I mean, and he reported one just recently that he says he wasn't involved in, but he's been involved with a couple before. Look, the guy is quickly going down the young Robert Downey Jr., Charlie Sheen road, obviously. But uh, still, it's just like, weed? Come on. You know what I'm saying? You, you, uh, call a druggie? Hey, I hate to go back to the just the, the stereotypical line, but just go back and watch fucking Half-Baked. You ever suck dick for weed? Yeah, but... no. My theory is he's got money. You know there's some powder floating around. That's that's what white people with money do. Well, I mean, I guess. I would hope not, but, you I know. forget what comedian it was. It's the cocaine is God's sign that you have too much money or something like that. Should, uh, maybe Dennis Leary? It sounds like Leary, Carlin, or Pryor. It sounds like one of those guys. It sounds like something they'd say. Well, I just also remember <laughs> Sam Kennison saying, so I called in to check on uh, a rehab for a friend and they said it's uh thirty thousand dollars for 30 days and i told them if you have thirty thousand dollars you don't have a fucking drug problem yet and i was like damn <laughs> so yeah that that is kind of the 80s mentality and i don't know I don't, is, is Bill Co- Hicks the right friend the right weekend you know another thirty thousand dollars that could be a weekend in la with the right people well this is true but yeah, and then to Johnny Football today, posting pictures on Instagram with the hashtag Hi Dad. 
What a yeah. dick. Well, apparently, and this is this is something that when I was skimming through social media earlier, uh, he posted something about he's going to be clean by the first, and I'm like, okay, so what are you doing? Yeah, plans to go completely sober by Friday. <laughs> so, so just burning it out right now. Yeah, that's what. Like, a syringe in each arm, a spoon up each nose, joint in each side of his mouth. I mean, if the guy's a, a massive everyday drinker, uh, okay, maybe he needs to detox. And you know, first thing they'll tell you is don't go cold turkey if if you're actually alcohol dependent because you can die from this shit. That's what killed. That's what killed uh, Amy Winehouse. Not drinking. It was going cold turkey and her body just going. Hey, nope. Check this out. And I mean, you can have a heart attack, stroke, any seizures, fall, fall down, blast your head. No one's around. You're dead. I mean, are we just fast forwarding to a year from now, finding this guy face down in a hotel pool or a bathtub or something? I, you know, I, I we've talked about it before, and I'm, I'm, I just don't think the guy cares. Hey, well, I'm going to quote your boy here, but I mean, it is you can't argue with what he said. Uh, says Doctor Drew, what is it? Uh, addiction is. Uh, keeping the same behaviors going, uh, even in the face of consequences. I mean, that's pretty much what he's doing. Guy was the fucking bell of the ball here in the NFL not too long ago, and now he'll never play for an NFL team again, all because he wants to keep partying. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, he's I got mean, a shot so many people would kill for, you know, like Uncle Rico, you know. But <laughs> anyone who's ever talked about, I could throw a football over the mountains. He's got this shot, and he's just pissed it away. Doesn't matter, and he's still partying. Like, bro, you have a problem. You are not just being a typical young adult. You've lost fucking everything that you, you, you've blown chances millions of people would kill to have for what? Getting hammered on the weekend? Yeah. You know? Pr- pretty much. I mean, he's not exactly... He seems like he's stuck in frat boy mode. And he doesn't want to leave that 20, maybe 19, 20, 21-year-old hey, I'm I'm allowed to do this, or it's being handed to me and I want to do it. And if he can't control it, then that's the problem. And if, I mean, someone's got to wake him up. I think there's a little bit of entitlement, too, because if you've been hearing about why he supposedly fell off the wagon after he went to rehab last year, supposedly after uh, uh, he played two games, one he did good, one he did eh, and uh, McCowan got healthy and got you know, was given back his job as the starter because he's the starter. He's obviously proved that he's a better quarterback than you. That supposedly that's what sent him back into his party in ways and he was pouting and fuck this, I should be starting. Maybe it's a little bit of entitlement because, you know, I think wherever he goes, he wants to be the guy because he seems like one of these guys that's had his ego inflated everywhere he's went since they realized at 12 he could throw a football. And there's no shame in riding the bench for 10 years. A lot of backups make a lot of fucking money. You know, ask what's his name, uh, Flynn, right? Yeah, I mean, and McCown's a fucking choir boy. He's a he's a he's a Bible thumper. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you had I mean, it's Cleveland. I mean, you had Josh Gordon. You've had issues with players on and off the field. They're trying. They definitely want their quarterback to be squeaky clean, all American. So yeah, I, I mean, I can see why they were like, look, yeah, hey, you did a decent job one game. You pretty much stunk it up the next. I think he like the, the game he took over. He threw like a sixty-yard touchdown pass, and then the other game he just fucking basically laid an egg. If if I remember correctly, yeah. I mean, if you look at last season, McCowan was winning games uh, as an owner of Browns receivers and a couple running backs last year. McCowan was getting the job done. Yeah, and so it's, if you do a fair to middling job, you know. It, 
I mean, when you're the backup, that should just be the expectation anyways. Unless you come in and just lay 400 yards a game with six touchdown passes, you know. Unless that happens, I mean, you're you know, treat it like any other job. You're new to the position. It's going to take a couple of years before you get to the big dog status. Shut the fuck up. Be happy you're in the NFL and, you know, stack your paper, son. But apparently not happening with Johnny Football. Well, also, the fact that he does have money, the fact that he comes from money, and there's that safety net there. He can artificially prop himself up from hitting what most of us would consider a bottom. I mean, for your average person, their bottom is they've lost their job, they've lost their relationship, they're you know they're they're living on in their car or they're having you know moving back home, something like that. He's not at danger of any of that happening. And so, in his mind, if money is the end all be all, he's like, and and status is, he's like, well, look at me, I. I I still have X amount of cars. I still, you know, I can rent a party house, trash it, and, you know, they sue me for 60 grand. I don't give a shit. You want me to dig in my couch? Sure. There's your 60 grand. Fuck off. You know, you're going to bother me about a couple roach burns and, and some and some carpet. They got some wine and beer, you know, spilled on it. If that's his attitude, then his bottom is, that's dangerous because those type of people, their bottom tends to be like death or near death because there's just, they have the means to keep feeding their addiction. They're not like an average person who makes 35, 40 grand a year and has a wife and kids and bills, you know, so. He's got nothing to lose. Well, he could argue he had an NFL career, but he lost that. And uh, maybe, too, maybe he's got a little bit of attitude. He's like, oh, fuck it, I'll just go work for Dad's oil company. Right, who knows with this guy? I Yeah, I don't think he even knows what's going through his head. I think I think the party has never stopped for him since high school it just ramped up in college like it does with a lot of people and then i mean when he got drafted oh shit you know the party's not going to slow down at that point i mean just go back and watch the the documentary uh broke that espn did and look at how many of them guys who come from nothing piss away their first contract halfway through you know like if they sign for three years all the money that they're going to get is gone in a year and a half and I mean, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. He's got daddy's money. If his dad was honestly serious, his dad would probably pull his fucking finances from him. Yeah. You want to fix this guy? Stop bailing his ass out. That's kind of why I'm wondering if daddy's paying the, the lawyer and he was like, look, he's your client, but I'm paying you. Send that text to the AP. You know, if he, our client has to piss in a bottle, we're going to have a problem. And then especially he's going to come out and say jail's where he belongs. You know, maybe that's that's his pop's way of going let me go ahead and sabotage him and throw and have his ass thrown in jail fuck who knows it sucks to be him and he ain't playing no football this year no i know the united states he may be a big shot out here but six foot he ain't that built and he's probably a loud mouth he won't do well in jail (laughs) he's gonna want protective custody because people are going to be looking at him like, I'll just beat the shit out of him, and that's just another stripe on my arm. But he's got that Heisman pedigree, huh? But you think at this point no one's going to just... The bullshit is apparently too much? Yeah, I think his, I think his football career is completely done. I don't, I, don't, I don't even see him playing in CFL, arena, anything. I don't think any team will touch him. Even as a practice squad guy. Damn. Yeah, he's. I think he's. He's done himself in pretty well. I mean, if you're not seen as a fit for the Jerry Jones Circus in Dallas, I mean, it's time to look in the mirror. 
Well, Jones is the wild card because he's been known to pull crazy shit like that. You know, he's been known to to, to take guys that no one else will take, and he has he has been in love with Johnny Manziel for whatever reason. Yeah, but I bet Uncle Jerry hasn't been calling Johnny football. Mm. If Jerry Jones is going, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, like well, be you, Johnny. There's also a couple stories I read. I don't know how true they are, but you know things like when his dad bought him that car when he went to college. He bought him like a fucking couple hundred thousand dollar sports car because he didn't want him taking it. So the rationalization was, if I buy it for him, then he won't take any money from any boosters or anybody. And he gets a personalized license plate, Johnny FF, which is Johnny fucking football. And it's like his sister had to go to, to the family. Do you really think that's appropriate? Like, there's stories that's about Johnny him. Johnny flag football. Yeah, yeah, okay. There's stories about him and his dad golfing, and he, he just breaks clubs because he can't beat his dad at golf. You know, and it's like, what father would put up with that? When you just go, look, if you can't, if you can't act better than a five-year-old on the golf course, fuck it, I'm not golfing with you. What's, what the fuck's wrong with you? You know, that ties into kind of a little bit of a reaction when I first read his dad's quotes. It's like, you built this monster, asshole. Like, yeah, but it's the, it's the, hey, look, he's eight, he's over 18. I, that, that's no longer my fault. You know, that's, that's it. That's that rich parenting. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> to, to, to <laughs> After 18, you just go, hey, I tried. Yeah, that's that. Seriously, it's that, you know, that, that Lindsay Lohan parenting. You know, it's just, hey, I'm so worried about my life. Go do you now. I, I got I got me. And I don't know. Who, who knows, man? Who knows? The guy, the guy's fucked up. He's in a he's in obviously a bad place. As far as mindset to why why he would keep doing this stuff, and apparently surround himself with nothing but yes men because at no time except anyone but his dad has come out to say, "Hey man, knock that shit off." Oh, definitely, definitely. And as far as him saying, "Oh, I'm going to go completely sober on the first on Friday," you know what, dude? I I hope I hope I hope it's true. I hope it's true for his sake. I mean, I have no I have no dog in this fight. I'm not a fan of him. I mean, I guess I kind of liked him in college because I'm like, yeah, he's kind of cocky. I, uh, you know, he's not hurting nobody, and, you know, he could play a little bit. But still, he's not on any, any you know, any... I don't play fancy football, so I don't got to worry about picking him up anytime soon. No, he's never he's not, a good pick anyway. You know, he's he's not on the Bucks. He's not on my unfortunate backup team, the Lions. I don't really care about his football career, but... You don't want to see someone fucking die that doesn't have to, dude. I mean... And I find if none of his friends have stepped up. None of them, in even selfish ways, have stepped up to be like, uh, hey, uh, if this guy keeps going this way, his party's going to have... His party's going to be finite. We got we to gotta straighten him out. None, no one's even stepped in to do that. Go, hey, uh, you should keep playing football, otherwise we're not going to be partying like this much longer. No one's even at least said that to him. Well, as someone who's had a little experience on, on both sides of this... Uh, you get a lot of people around you who they want you to stop, but they want you to stop for selfish reasons. And if he's not really imposing upon his friends with his drinking and partying, then a lot of them might, and, and I use friends loosely, I should say, you know, I'm throwing quotes around that, that term, you know, then they might just be like, well, fuck it, let him party. You know, he's not, he's not bothering me. When he starts to bother me, that's when I'm like, hey man, you need, you need to chill this party out. I mean, that's... That's when I tend to see people come in and step in and go, hey, now your partying's affecting me. So it, it'll now affect him when it ends. <laughs> when the party comes to a crashing, fiery halt, as it's probably going to. I wonder if fire's going to be involved in his death. Well, I mean, dude, 
who knows? He might not have real friends. He might just have party friends. It's true. You know, I, I, when, I, when I quit partying like I used to, I found out real quick that a lot of people I thought that were friends, I mean, like down for me, nah, not so much. For and, sure. Same here. You stop, you stop going out drinking every weekend, and all of a sudden, your phone don't ring like it used to. And most of them, it wasn't malicious on their part. They're just like, oh, you don't drink anymore? Well, our whole friendship's based on going yeah, to the bar. That's what we had in common. Correct. It's like, okay, well, you go your way, I'll go mine, and later. You know, it's no different than my friends who get married and have kids, and they're my age, and they have, you know, two, three kids that are 10 and under. And I'm like, I'm dude, I'm not going to come to your house and watch, like, kids bop that ain't happening so you call when you me when those motherfuckers are in bed yeah you, when you get a babysitter go ahead and uh go ahead and give me a call we'll hang out but mm-hmm. i'm not sitting here watching bear in the big blue house or you know blues clues or some shit with you so but maybe, i don't know maybe you need to make some friends with some neglectful parents rich <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't mind them let's drink <laughs> i had some friends like that <laughs> we just check every half hour to make sure they're still breathing Got to throw some food at him in a couple hours. So they'll be all right. <laughs> but, well, still on football, I guess we got one uh, big contract extension. Yeah. The Andrew antithesis Luck. of Johnny football. What's that? The antithesis of Johnny football. Andrew Luck. Yeah. Yeah. Who's last year anything but lucky. Not, 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 a, not the crown jewel in, his, uh, uh, in, in the list of his achievements last season. Between well, being injured and, uh, yeah, just his, uh, his, his lackluster... Uh, options on offense and defense. So what are the terms of the deal? Uh, Stand by. He has signed an extension through the 2021 season, so he's good for another five years. Making the highest paid player in the NFL based on guaranteed salary. Uh, The previous biggest contract was the five-year $110 million deals the Green Bay Packers gave Aaron Rodgers in 2013. Last year, Russell Wilson got an $87.6 million extension that included $60 million in guaranteed money for four years. Well, Luck is guaranteed $87 million with his extension. Think about $87 million. What would you do with it? I could not spend $87 million. Oh, yeah, dude. It, 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 uh, I can't wrap my mind around that. I like, just can't. That's what he's guaranteed. This isn't like any options. This is guaranteed money. Hey, guess who's fucking buying tonight? All right, Andrew Luck is is fucking Jesus Christ, and and we're getting the surf and turf. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it. Yes, yeah. See, I'm gonna stuff a steak into a lobster, and then take a steak and stuff that with the lobster with the steak stuffed in it. I want a steak and lobster turducken. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you think? You think it? He's you know. 140 over six do you think that's he's worth that well i think when so far your worst year is a mediocre year you know i he hasn't disappointed you know it's he's done what he's supposed to do as far as performance wise if you look at his numbers you know now what the people around him have done you know can only go so far with what you got i think that was part of the problem last year Oh, he's been in the C- in the NFL for what four seasons? This will be his fifth season. Let's see here. I think it's I think it's been four seasons. Looking up his career stats. Come on, there we go. Nuffle.com. All right, 
He has been around since 2012, so he's going into his fifth season. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, definitely an upside to him. He's not, you know, it's not one of these, we're paying you for what you've done. They're paying him on the expectation of what is yet to come. Yeah. You know, so... I don't recall them making that many moves this offseason, <laughs> quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, looking at, at uh, the guaranteed contracts, of course, like we said, his comes in first. Manning, Eli Manning's comes in second at $65 million. God damn. Really? For Manning? Rivers, $65 million? Rivers? Rivers hasn't really won anything. Philip Rivers is the ultimate choke artist, bottom line. Then you got Roethlisberger, that makes sense. And you got Fletcher Cox, a defensive lineman for the Eagles, at 63.3. He's got a good agent, that's what he has. Then you got Flacco, Wilson, Kaepernick, and then Marcel Darius, another defensive tackle at 60 million. And then two down from him, you got Sue at 60 million. That's just too much damn money for defensive tackles. I'm sorry. Luck so far is, except last season, he's made the playoffs every year. Got the furthest in 14. How about it? If you look at it, it's, you know, first year he made one playoff game, second year two playoff games, next year three playoff games, you know. The, the pattern would have dictated 2015 four playoff games, but, uh, you know, when you're injured half the year. Yeah, that'll do it to you. It, you, Surpri- you can't throw touchdowns in your suit from the sidelines. Surprisingly, looking at this list, I, I, I don't see a name that I was expecting to see. What's that? Well, after Sue, you got Matt Ryan, then Drew Brees, Tony <laughs> Tony Romo. <laughs> oh, I know who you're looking for. Yeah. Look for that TB. <laughs> and Mr. Then, Giselle. No, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 not Tom Brady. Tom Brady's always restructuring his contract uh, to to get players or to, to keep players. Well, he, he's smart. He just goes, hey, when I get to the playoffs, start paying me because we're going to get to the playoffs. Yeah, you know. exactly, exactly. Um, no, no Stafford. Oh. Because for people who are not from the Detroit or you're not a Detroit Lion fan, you're not from the area, Stafford is bitched about year-round. 50, 50, I mean, uh, just 52 weeks out of the year. It doesn't matter if it's off-season, in-season, pre-season, post-season. People just bitch about Stafford. He's not worth the money, this and that. People want him to start fucking the backups over Stafford last year at times. I mean, it's it's that's how it is. And that's that the the backup quarterback for the Lions and the backup goalie for the Red Wings are the two most popular players in Detroit. That's an old it's an old joke, but it's kind of true. Well, yeah, because the first string jobs are the two toughest jobs in town. So Lions quarterback, Wings goaltender, uh, starting pitcher for the Tigers, and I'd say head coach on the Pistons. The yeah, coach yeah. usually. At least around here, coach usually gets all the the burden. You know, it's never really one position. It's never starting forward or your center or anything. It's usually Pistons. It's always on the coach. But anyway, but yeah. So I, I'm just I'm surprised because as much bitching as I hear about him, you figured he'd be up in this list with guaranteed money, but he's not. So what's that got to tell you? It tells, tells you you got a lot of people who just don't want fucking Stafford in town. And they really have no option but him. So, what they can do? Football. There I we was going to say, call Manziel. Jesus, you end up getting shot downtown. Hey, remember when they brought? Uh, remember when they brought uh, Iverson here, and he spent more time at the casino than he did actually at practice. Everyone always yeah. forgets he had a cup of coffee with the Detroit Pistons. You know, so I mean, you really think it was bad with him in the casinos? Shit. Yeah, Johnny Manziel. Yeah, Johnny in, at, at Greek Town or Motor City. Please. Turn into Johnny Casino. Billy, he'll use his Billy Vegas uh, 
fucking uh, fake name again. Apparently, he was using that as an alias for a second. <laughs> yeah, and I saw that he uh, <laughs> he threw on a bad mustache and a blonde wig or something. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> uh, you know what? I take it back. Maybe he is on coke. You got to be coked out of your fucking mind to think that's going to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Well, speaking of, since apparently we're starting to pick up a little bit of steam with NHL fans, which makes me just tickled the shit. I know, right? Um, we can go, because usually, if you guys don't know who are listening, we usually record on Monday or Tuesday, and we, we release on Wednesday. This one will probably be released, what, sometime tomorrow? Yeah, Thursday. More than yeah, likely. A little bit, we have a little technical difficulties. We're a day behind. Um, but it also kind of good luck for us, because we can talk about, as far as I'm concerned, the two biggest moves in the NHL at the moment, and that's Stamco staying with Tampa Bay, which speaks to why the fuck did we let Iserman go be a GM for some other team? I was reading that uh, part of the reason we offloaded uh, Datsuk's money to Arizona was Holland was hoping to make a run at him. It's exactly what he was doing. Oh. It's exactly what he was doing. And... I mean that was that was the big that was the big talk, you know, in, in the in Detroit Red Wing circles. You know, all my friends that are fans, you know, on Facebook, if you go and you, you look at some of the blogs at you know, the, the hockey blogs, that was the talk and it was we're on a very short list, one of three teams he would consider, you know, signing with, blah blah blah. And then boom. He's a Yeah, he's a free agent for what? Half an hour? Co- couple hours yeah yeah and then i mean so and you know the rumors coming out of tampa last year had been the relationship with the organization and stamkos was strained and now i'm just wondering if this is if that was just wishful thinking on other teams parts when you know it's to the point now where i don't believe half of these fucking sports team statements anymore or these player statements i think it's a fucking huge game of chess on both people's part, and it's all just fucking shit to just keep the fucking wheels turning and get better deals. I'm that cynical at this point. I agree, but I also wonder if it was some people trying to throw a monkey wrench and start some, actually start some 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 shit between Stamkos and the Lightning. Um, because I mean, it it does happen. You can't tamper per se. But you can definitely, you know, gum up the works. And if, you know, the right people get it to the right people in the, if the right people behind the scenes get it to the right people anonymously in the press that, oh, yeah, there's, you know, that's a tense, that's a contentious relationship between him and the organization. Well, the organization is going to be like, what the fuck? I mean, if, and if it's, it's our a bad, boys. And if it's a bad organization and you have a, if you have a hothead GM, really he's going to be like, what the fuck? Get in, get in, get his ass in here and I want to talk to him. And you got the player going, I thought we were fine. Because players are, by their very nature, they have to be paranoid because ultimately the owner cares about winning and money and probably not even in that order. It's just one tends to follow the other. So they got to know that at any moment they could get the call and it's like, just like in Moneyball, sit them down. Don't t- don't don't sugarcoat it. Look, you've been traded. Here's your contact at your new team. We wish you the best. Have a good one. It's just that cutthroat. I mean, shit. Even here in Detroit, where Iserman is like a god, in after the '95 Finals when they got just swept by the Devils, the entire rumors that summer leading up to the next season was that he was going to Ottawa. 
I mean, I, I can't imagine in an alternate universe Steve Eiserman finishing his career in Ottawa. I know, right? But I mean, like, people were actually like, good, send that bum off. It's like, what? Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. <laughs> A first ballot Hall of Famer, the the probably one the greatest two way Red Wing we've ever fucking had, and you want to ship him off because he went to the finals and got swept because sorry he had a team that was that was kind of cocky and they they couldn't keep up physically with with a team from the East at that point was stacked and they were a lot more physical than the West was. You know, that's just the nature of the of the game at that point twenty some years or twenty years ago. But yeah, it's it's just insane. So. You know, ultimately, obviously, Eiserman's not a hothead. So if someone was trying to gum up the works, he probably, first thing he did is he probably picked up the phone. I could see him doing this and picked up the phone and called Stamkos himself and said, you know that we have no problem with you, right? This is all, you know, I'm I'm a cut and dry type of guy. This is all bullshit. So if you, you know, now if you have a problem with us, let us know, whatever. And obviously they didn't and they got the deal done. So, I mean, that's. That's that's big for Tampa Bay. That's really big for Tampa Bay because they have been they've really been knocking at the door of becoming like a staple of of a threat to to, to go to the Cup Finals every year and for the last couple of years, you know. And that's long term, right there. I mean, that's a player you can build around. Granted, with the the changing of the cap coming and all this shit and the you know more expansion in the league, it's going to water the league down. But we'll see how that goes. Hey, got Vegas. Yeah. What are they going to be called? Do we have a name yet? I thought it was the Black Knights. That sounds right. We'll go with that. Um, it's our level of credibility here in sports. <laughs> sounds right. All right. Well, I mean, once again, a lot of the, the NHL sites I go to are, are are not, you know, obviously I go to NHL.com or, you know, the sporting, you know, sporting news or the hockey news. But there's some other sites that are, they say they know some stuff that maybe they don't, but that's, it's been a given Kind of a badly kept secret. That's what they were going to name him. So, but yeah, the other big move is you got PK Subban, who is I'll probably put him up there in the top maybe five at the moment defenseman in the league, going to Nashville for Shea Weber. So that right there is yeah, that's 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 a big move. You know, um, is that I mean, to get Sub- a cup? I well, everything in Montreal better be to get a cup, or else you know. Montreal's like Toronto. You don't fuck around with their hockey up there. Yeah. Um, but I know seriously. He, he'd signed like a 70 or 75 million eight-year contract in 2014. Um, and he had a no-trade clause that would have kicked in on Friday. So this was the last little chance Montreal had to get him out of town. And, you know, that's what they did. Um, what could you possibly do with $75 million? I mean, we're, we're back to the conversation with Andrew Luck, but I mean, we really, that's more money than you could ever spend. I mean, isn't that just basically setting up your family, you know, for the next generations? If you're smart, if you're, if you're smart and you got a good money man and you don't have vultures and leeches for friends and family, you're not just rich, you're setting up wealth to be handed down through generations. Yeah. That's what you're doing. And if you notice, a lot of, like, going back to that documentary, Broke, um, basketball and football players are always hit the hardest. And why? Basketball and football players tend to come from lower-income socioeconomic places. And when someone makes it, the whole family goes, we did it, we did it, we made it. And you run no touchdowns? What are you you talking about? 
Exactly. You had players in that documentary going, you know, yeah, I felt like I owed it to them. But in the end, you weren't going over the middle, going up for balls in the middle and getting hit. And you're not, you're, you're not, you know, going under the knife two, three times a year. And you're not getting cortisone stuck in your joints and et cetera, et cetera. You're not going to have CTE in 30 years. Yeah. And they, and they, they had to learn to say no. So I, it just seems like, like players from maybe other countries, uh, players from like like more middle i guess middle class and up that their family and friends tend to not latch on and reach off them like you damn sure don't get like i remember watching it and there was like a guy signed and next thing you know people were like knocking on his door going hi i'm your cousin he's like i've never seen you before in my life no i'm aunt so-and-so's kid and i'm your third cousin on this side he's like i don't know who the fuck you are Man, i don't i do not know you yeah, you don't. You, you tend to have that to a lesser extent. So, but yeah, uh, Shea Weber. Uh, I think this was just a dump to get rid of him. I know that Subin had or Subban has had some some issues. Um, Is he worth a Shea Weber? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, he uh, like they were both on the gold medal Olympic Olympic team. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that, that tells you right there. That's the elite of the elite, especially Canada's team, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, apparently he's he's made comments that he, or he's walked up to the line of saying he felt unwanted in Montreal. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't know exactly what that's about. Like, I don't know all the, the, the details and ins and out of that. But, you know, hey, Shea Weber is obviously who Montreal thought this is acceptable to either get rid of this salary or get rid of a player that we just feel is maybe an issue in the locker room. I'm not sure which. Either way, what's done is done. As my one buddy said, yeah, Ken Holland, you're on the clock. Do something. Yeah, soon. Because that was, you know, that was the other rumor. Rumor was uh, uh, P.K. Subban coming here or obviously going after Stamkos. And this is starting to feel like when it was a couple years ago and they were going after a couple players who ended up signing with um, the Minnesota Wild and the Wings ended up basically holding their dick, going, "Well, whoops, we put all our eggs in that basket." Yeah, wasn't that Zach Parisi and somebody else? Yeah, Suter and Parisi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got eight. You, think about it, he's got. There's probably what eight weeks till hockey training camp. So they better fucking get the move on here, buddy. Yeah, I believe the season. I I believe the season starts late September, early. October, so yeah, training camp definitely is coming up here. So yeah, isn't, Labor, isn't Labor Day usually hockey uh, training starts? Yeah, see, that's one of the things. Even as much of a hockey fan as I am, I like preseason hockey. Don't really pay a whole lot of attention to. You have no idea till October. Yeah, it's, it's like I, at one point I did years ago, but I mean that was like when I lived and breathed hockey. I got the I got the the hockey news and I read it. You know, every time I got it and I had stats memorized and this and that, and I was also <laughs> I was also in a relationship that the romance was gone, so I needed something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's this? Hockey. I, All right. I, I was poor. I couldn't afford, like, you know, Nintendo's this and that and, and video games and, and, and all the bells and whistles and toys and shit. So I was like, I'll just pour all this sexual frustration into hockey. There we go. <laughs> but If you did it on football, it could have been something that was on free TV. Yeah, I know, right? But, yeah. Uh, you How know, long do you think f- before, this is sidetracking you here, how long do you think before all sports are on pay TV? 
How long do you think it is before no longer every Sunday are we on the, one of the big four? I mean, they already took it away for Monday night and Thursday night. I'm not sure that you will not have at least Sunday football, the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games. I mean, in Detroit, baseball's no longer on free TV. When we were kids, it was. Same thing with the Pistons and the Wings. None of that shit's on free TV anymore. That's all we got left is the fucking loser Lions on free TV. we got to remember, the Wings went to pass in, our, in the late 80s, early 90s, and... I think I think so. But did you would the, still get games tigers. on Channel Fifty every once in a while. Yeah. That, that doesn't happen anymore. No, no, not at all. But I mean, it Dave also, Strader and Mickey Redman. Also, us having a little bit of knowledge about how the last twenty-five years broadcasting has changed. You also know that they just they weren't going to do that. There was no way that they were going to go. Okay, you can have three games a year. So you know that that was not that was not a, a broadcast model that was going to you know they were going to keep. Um, Channel 4 used to have the Tigers. That went away in oh, yeah. the early 2000s. Oh, God, man. No, before that, I think. I mean, because I remember when I was a kid, it was George Kell and, uh, and uh, Al Kaline. Fuck yeah, it was. And that was... Eli Zarrett. Yep. And that was like... That was my childhood right there. I remember watching the games, and if the Tigers won, they, they still had the old school Tiger logo in the circle, and if it was... If they won... Like, if they beat the, the Blue Jays, there'd be, like, a Blue Jay feather sticking out of the Tiger's yeah. mouth. be licking his chops. Remember if they yeah. lost? It'd have on the, the medicine bag, and it would meow. Yeah. yeah. And it had, like, a black eye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I kind of miss that, man. It, I, uh, it, it, that's, for, that's, for, uh, that's for another day. But, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man. Football's a different, football's a different animal. I mean, I can see maybe they would go to you only, since they lifted the blackout restrictions especially, maybe you only get your local game. I mean, I'm surprised they took away Monday night. Like, I was like, really? Cable? Like, isn't that like a cash cow of ratings for you? Yeah, but ABC didn't give a shit because it went from ABC to what they own, ESPN, which yeah, is all owned by Disney. But don't, don't you think there's smaller viewership on cable? I mean, let's be real. Don't you want poor people to be able to see your product? I mean, don't, so you got everybody watching? Yeah, but Monday Night Football is, is, is its own weird thing because it's the last game. It depends on how you look at it. It's either the last game of the week for people who bet or the first game of the week for, I guess, fantasy football players. No, it is the last as well. Oh, is it? Yes, it's the end of the week. I didn't know how it fell in there. I didn't know if Monday, like when the season started, if it was Monday night football doubleheader, and that was the beginning of the week. Oh, there's many a Monday night game I all of a sudden gave a fuck about <laughs> because of fan fantasy implications. Gotcha. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch the Rams and the fucking Browns. You know, why? Because <laughs> <laughs> I got two players I need to get this yeah, many exactly. points. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I, that I think they knew – People will pay to see that because of that, and if they won't pay to see it, they'll go to they'll go to a bar, they'll go to something. Even when I didn't have cable, I used to go to the local bar to watch football, you know. And I it got to the point where the the local bar down the street, like two blocks down the street, all they had was you know the Lions. And I'm like, hey man, you got 15 TVs in here, don't you have like the Sunday package? No. Well, fuck it, I'm going to a different bar. Yeah. What kind of bar are you? When it's going to be out of business soon. Sunday, goddammit. <laughs> when I lived in my in that area of town, it's a bar that I think changed owners three times in five years. So that's what tells you what type of bar it is. But no, I think I think Monday Night Football, they knew that the, the audience would follow. And I, I could see them going, except for, your, like I said, your local games, everything else on pay TV. Or them just doing the what a lot of channels are doing now. 
You know, I, I busted my old TV, had to buy a new one, and what I picked up, I had no idea they had this feature. It's a, it's a Roku TV, and you can just order channels a la carte. Yeah, I got one of them. You know, and it's like, oh, shit, you know, so if I really want to drop the money, I guess I could get the Sunday ticket through it, or, or some equivalent of it, and, you know, just sit and watch football, you know, from... <laughs> Well, at a certain point, it starts Thursday night, and then you got Saturday. Don't they have Saturday night games? Yeah, after Thanksgiving, you get Thursday, Saturday, and Monday. It's glorious for like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just a, a sporgy of football. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I'm pretty juiced about my move to the West Coast. 10 a.m. kickoffs. That's going to be pretty fucking badass. I, I when I lived in Arizona, I did like that, especially when 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 I was coupling football with drinking. It and made it much you, easier. You wrap up the night by 8 o'clock. Sunday night football, it's over at 8. Boom, done. Get to bed a decent hour. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, man. We already have our fantasy football draft scheduled. We're doing a live party this year. Oh, See, it's something I just I never got into, and I'm like, uh, people always tell me, you should, man, you should. I'm just like, I don't need anything else to get obsessed with. Dude, it's the nerd part of me. It's fucking... Uh, it's, dude, it's... Uh, the nerd in me, it's exactly what the memes on the internet have said. It's like fantasy football for meatheads, or, or Dungeons and Dragons for meatheads. Oh, I believe it. This, the fr- I let the, the fr- numbers run my team, man. It's fucking, and you get to talk shit every week. Oh, it's the, great. The first time I was introduced to how insane fantasy football could get was I was working for a company, and we worked all but three days a month, and the last week of the month and the first six days of the new month, we worked 13 days straight. And it was 12-hour shifts, and we worked 7 to 7 at night. Well, this whole... You didn't get nothing done on Sundays, did you? Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I started working there in the, after football season had ended. Ah. And I left right after football season started. But what I didn't realize was, like, they, from the owner of the company to the lowest of the lowest employee, hired in after me, they shut down the fucking... I mean, everything from the front office to the back. For one day, and they had their company fantasy football draft, and I came in just out of curiosity. They said, hey, come check it out, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. I came in. Dude, people, this is pre-laptop and shit days. People had stacks oh, of for sure. paper and notebooks and scenarios. Okay, well, if this this player gets drafted here, then this person's going to fall here and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I work with half you idiots. You two can't. If I, What's two plus two? You got to fucking, like, look at your fingers. You like, don't put this much into your job. Yes, your lips move when you read. How do you fucking <laughs> know all this? Like, well, now the internet is great. does it all for you. And it's about having a strategy, too. It's taken me several years to go from being a shit player to, uh, oh, I will talk shit on these on, on these uh, airwaves. Are they airwaves? On this digital space. Like, the last couple of years, I've been a force to be reckoned with, bitches. Yeah. But uh, it's the, 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 right there. That's how much guys get into it, man. It's fucking... I just, oh, I'm, I just like using math to wreck everybody. Like, haha, the nerds win again, even in your jock sport. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. <laughs> no, I've heard some horror stories about like if you come in last place, like the next next year's draft, they have it in public, and you're in like a two piece thong. If you were the last place, you you, know, you place last in the, in the in the league, or you got to get a tattoo of what the winner says you got to get. And I'm like, holy shit, man. There's, there's no leagues way. where they're like, you straight up can't play next year. We'll see you in two years. Better hope your spot don't get taken. <laughs> you know? Damn, that's just rough, man. Yeah. That's just rough. 
We don't do the but the best we got. We we got a belt. We have a championship belt. <laughs> That's as crazy as, and that was only recently instituted. I've been doing it for like four or five years. The belt's only been around the last two seasons. I have to say, the closest I came to getting into fantasy sports, period, was I want to say about maybe 12, 13 years ago. It was right before the the mid two thousands lockout in the NHL, and a buddy of mine was like, "Hey, man, you know, you still have a lot of." NHL knowledge, why don't you, you know, hop in this fantasy league online? I'm like, I don't want to pay for that. He's like, it's free. Like, All right, I'll take a look at it. Dude, I started like, okay, this is who I'll draft. This is blah, 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 blah. Went to my buddy, talked to him, and he's like, oh, dude, you're going to get smashed. I'm like, I'm going to get smashed. He's like, no, you're making all the wrong mistakes here. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? A half hour later, he got done telling me the first thing I, did, I was doing wrong. And I was like, I'm done. I just... <laughs> Dude, seriously, I, I I'm okay. You know, at this point, I I was I married. I you know had a band that I was trying to run. <laughs> I had a I had life outside of that. I'm like, I can't, I can't. In any fantasy league, it's all about just how they accrue the points and then figuring out the best players to draft for that way. I have a fantasy baseball and basketball title. For being a casual basketball fan. In a casual baseball fan, it's just whatever league you're in, you just figure out how points are mainly accrued, and then it's figuring out your strategy from there. Well, that's the other thing. He he was more of a hockey fan, whereas I'm more of a passionate Red Wings fan slash hockey fan. He's like, you can't you can't draft and you can't make decisions with your with your emotions. You yeah, got to no, be no home team decisions in fantasy. And I'm like that. Yeah, it's like the old, it's like the Bernie Mac show episode where him and uh, him and his his son like start doing fantasy football, and he's like, "So let's just draft the Bears." He's like, "No, no, you can't draft the whole team." He's like, "Why not?" Yeah, like the Bears are the best. And he's well, like, first of all, come bye week, you're fucked. You'll have no one to start. <laughs> exactly. And I was watching it, and I'm like, "It's pretty much what I'd have been." It's like I'd seriously, one, I had one buddy last year uh, in our league, and he half his team was the Seahawks. I'm like, "You're gonna have a fun time." Come. Bye week, buddy. Hope you realize what you're doing. Yeah, I had a drummer who did fantasy football and made it to their championship game. And the problem is he had the quarterback, his top receiver, and his top running back were all on the same team. They were in the playoffs, and they sat him. Oh. They rested him. Yeah. You know what that means is that league went one week too long. You're supposed to stop playing week 16, supposed to be your absolute, supposed to be your championship week because you don't want to run into week 17 with, you know, have the, the good people being set because, you know, by that point, playoffs are usually decided and, yeah, the studs don't usually play week 17. Yeah, and now I'm I'm going way out on a limb here and you're asking me to remember, I'm asking myself to remember, but I believe it was the Colts and it was sometime around between like maybe 2004 to 2006. Yeah, if your league don't end in week 16, you're in a bullshit fantasy league. Telling you that right now. Take oh, that. that was a funny one too. The guy who won got two grand. Damn. Yeah, I mean he still Damn. got. I think he got like five hundred for coming in second. But still, it's like, dude, that would I, that would piss me to fuck off. <laughs> Depending on how much money's on the line, I, that's when I'm like, you know, sitting there calling up like, you know, Tanya Harding, going, "Hey, bitch, who'd you have take out that fucking?" I've lost a couple Super Bowls in the last two years, and I'll tell you what, though, the thing that cushions the blow is if you make it to the Super Bowl, you're either making money or you're or you played for free because usually second place in most leagues usually third place is your money back and second place is you know your money back plus a little scratch but in you know worst case scenarios even in shit leagues second place is at least oh you played the year for free 
you know, you got your buying for next year. Yeah. Well, I, I once again, I will stay out of it this year. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see as the years go on. I might. I might end up being like, yeah. Dude, you get your nerd on and your jock on at the same time. Just telling you, <laughs> somebody who's got a foot in each camp. It's it's both it's both things coming together nicely. <laughs> and and yes, I'm I'm definitely have a foot in in, in each camp because when I was younger, I. I might know my way around a twenty-sided die, so I yeah, get exactly. the whole. I get the whole. Yeah, the nerdy, especially role-playing games, because now I'm more of the guy who does role-playing games, computers, and and video and console games. So I get the whole numbers crunch and all that, and sitting down and figuring shit out. But yeah, it's just it just seems like it take up way too much time, <laughs> with not a whole lot of reward for me. So. I managed most of my team from the can, so I mean that's kind of where I fit it in. <laughs> I'm just picturing this, like just uh, hold on a sec. I'll be out in a second. Hold on, I gotta make this trade. It, yeah, I'm checking the waiver wire, I'm dropping a deuce. Be out in a minute. <laughs> oh shit! So anything else we got? Uh, Pat Summit died. All I know is she was a famous women's basketball coach. That to be to to be. Blatantly transparent. That's really all I know about her. Uh, yeah. Is she like the John Wooten or Wooten, however the hell you say his name? Of uh... she's like the Scotty Bowman of women's basketball. Oh, all right. There's all right. I get that reference. She uh, yeah, she pretty much put it on the map and she's got a ring for each finger. Yeah, I believe so. Damn. I don't want to uh, sell her short on her her legacy here. Yeah, she was she. She was coach for Tennessee, obviously. Um, uh, winning eight NCAA championships. And, yeah, she was one of the first four coaches overall in NCAA basketball, men or women, with 1,000 wins. Whew. She won two Olympic gold medals. Uh, she's number 11 in the Sporting News' greatest coaches of all times in all sports. She never had a losing season in 38 years, dude. Whoa! Has yeah. anyone ever done that? Besides her? I don't I don't think so. Damn. Yeah, I it looks like Yeah, dude. She just I mean, I know that women's sports get eh, whatever. But uh you know, she definitely was as far as women's sports goes, and I mean, if you just want to just say it, NCAA basketball, she's she's one of the the rare air. Like she's on their Mount Rushmore. So those people that just transcends her sport. I mean, just she wasn't just a good women's basketball coach. She was a good coach. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I, I was watching a couple clips. You know, and they're they're talking in like very solemn and quiet things about her and stuff and i'm just like uh she was she wouldn't she wouldn't hesitate to tell an official what she what she, what she was thinking like you know it's like uh, i don't know if you want to paint her as uh this like you know wilting flower or whatever but that's not how i remember her i mean yeah like looking at her record okay her first year her first year 33 and 5 what i mean uh, did she take over a stacked program she took over tennessee um, her best year was ninety seven, ninety eight. She went thirty nine and zero, fourteen and zero. I won the championship, obviously. Uh, let's see. She was in the yeah. She was in the Sweet Sixteen 
um, up until or higher up until 2008-09 from 1981-1982. And let me tell you, there's a lot of Elite Eight, Final Four, runner-up, championship, 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 three years in a row championships, another back-to-back championships. Yeah, I mean, she... I know a lot of people go, oh, fuck it, it's women's, it's women's sports, but, I mean, dude, do- domination in your sport is domination in your sport, regardless of whether it's male or female in my book, you yeah. know? I mean... pretty fucking dominant to me when you're reading those numbers off. I mean, if you, you know, if you ever, if you know anything about Reggie Miller uh, and, his, and his sister, Cheryl Miller, Reggie Miller got to, the, got to be the player he was because his sister stomped his ass all the time. <laughs> and he, he just got to the point where he's like, fuck it. Like, he had one game where he's like, I had a triple-double, sis. I had a triple-double. And she was like, really? Oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how'd your game go? She goes, I scored 100 points. <laughs> and that's the honest to God's truth. And that was in college. Damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Check this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she let him run with it. Oh, yeah, triple-double. You had a good game. I'm, you know, I'm glad for you. That's, that's cute. Cool. <laughs> I dropped I dropped triple digits on him. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have time to get the triple double. Hey, hey, yeah, I, I, had a, I had a double triple. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say I was that again. Score. I had a double triple. <laughs> but yeah. think anyone's ever had a triple triple? Quilt Chamberlain, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and 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 one of those triples would probably be how many women he slept with in one day. So yeah. It, well, the, the other death is uh, we we kind of had a bad segue. We had a chance to jump from fantasy football to Buddy Ryan's death. That would have been a little bit more smooth segue. but Taking the long way. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because we were just in a roundabout way talking about the 85 Bears here. Last podcast or the one before. But, yeah, Buddy Ryan goes. And I it hurts me as a Tampa Bay Bucks fan to say this, but I have to say the defensive coordinator for probably – the single most dominant season on defense is is him and the eighty five Bears. I can't I, I I can't even I can't even make a case for Tampa's two thousand three defense. I guess you could make a case for the two thousand two was it two thousand no two thousand one. Um no it was, what year what year did the Ravens win? First one? Uh ninety nine? No. No, I won 99. Ravens, 98. Trent Dilfer, what was... Was he 2000? I think it was 2000. Because, I mean, it was right at right at the end of the 90s there. That area, early aughts. Yeah, Dilfer came from Tampa Bay to... Uh, to, to back up... Uh, oh, shit, I can't remember who was playing for the Ravens. And they ended up putting... Uh, end up putting him in there and Dilfer said this is what we're going to do I'm going to get the balls to our best players and our playmakers and I don't give a shit about your feelings and that's what we're going to do on offense and we're going to let our defense just dominate yeah it was it was the 2000 Ravens I guess you can make guess you can make a, a case that they might be the best ever but I'd have to say the 85 Bears defense was I mean that was just I, like just reading highlights of it they had like what I think it was something like 79 sacks on the season I mean, it's like it, it, their their list of all time was just number one, number one, number one, number one, number one, and an occasional number it's like two. Five number a three. game. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And that was with a defense that he come up with, the forty six defense. That was not like it, you know he wasn't using a, a, a tried and true you know oh I'm going to pull this. No, he just kind of basically invented a, 
uh, or streamlined the defense and called it the 46 and said, here you go. I mean, because I remember, you know, watching shows about him and reading about him, and players are coming in going, oh, Coach, man, this, this playbook, you know, it's three times as thick as the offense. And, you know, he finally went to Singletary, and he was like, and? what's the problem here? <laughs> and Singletary's like, Coach, not all these guys, like, can keep up with this playbook. And he said, okay. And the next meeting, come in, he handed out, uh, you know, new paperwork. And they said, what's this? And they said, it's the playbook. He goes, well, it's way thinner than it. He's like, you know, a th- a thir- two-thirds thinner. Well, learn it and know it because that's what's going to win us a Super Bowl. And, I mean, he, true, to, true to his word, that's what did. I mean, he's the only defensive coordinator to be carried off the field after winning the Super Bowl, much, much to Dick's chagrin. <laughs> Come on, buddy. <laughs> I, I'm really surprised I haven't heard more on, uh, about Ditka, about Buddy Ryan, because those two guys, I remember hearing that Ditka came down to a defensive meeting, and, and it was knocking at the door, and the door was locked. And Buddy Ryan was like, what do you want? Uh, whatever, just get out of here. Like, he never called him by his name. He's like, asshole or dipshit or something like that. And I'm like, damn, that's how he talked to Ditka? So you know he was good if he got away with it. We talked about this on the last show. That's, that's, they're, they're, from a, they're cut from a different cloth than today's coach. You can get away with that, you know, the mentality of, you know, when you're on the job together, fuck you, you're an asshole. And then when you're not on the job, go in and grab a beer. Like, those, those coaches are gone. It's over. Yeah, and, and bring it up. Uh, well, his son, Rex, is probably one of the last of them. Exactly. I was just going to say, a couple, couple of shows ago, we were talking about Rex Ryan right there. He's cut from that cloth, too. So, yeah, slowly, dude. They're dying off, man. Can't, can't wait till the, the millennials permeate the NFL even more. You have to have these coaches there coddling them now. They'll, it's going to make for great fucking football. I just got to say, you must not give a single fuck about keeping... Any type of <laughs> of millennials in our demographic, because you just every show you shit on them, dude. Hey, like as a whole, some of them are to be shat on. <laughs> They're not all bad. Oh God, I sound like I'm talking about black people. <laughs> I have some friends who are. You know, <laughs> I have friends who are millennials. Oh, it's, it's more. It's it's not so much the age group as it is the mindset, I guess. Well, I. Uh, you know, like, you, didn't you bring up, you know, like, with Jim Leland cursing at Barry Bonds? You think that's happening with this new generation? Fuck no. No, which was which was strange because after we talked about that, I realized that it was after the, the it was early in the season in 2006, right after Leland took over, that the Tigers played like the Tigers from 2005 or, you know, the early 2000s and, and late 90s. They, they just did what they did. They played a Sunday getaway game and they just stunk up the joint. Just acted like they could not care less that they were out there. And that's when Leland went off. And he didn't go off and say, you're playing like pieces of shit. You play nine innings. You play hard for nine innings. If you're going to drag your ass, I'll find some place for you to go. We'll cut you. You can sit down in Toledo. No. He said, if this is the way you're going to play, I'll fucking quit. I'll go home. I'm here to win championships. Like, that's what he threatened them with. And I'm thinking, that is the weirdest fucking threat ever. But that's what, I, I guess that's what you got to do. Like, hey, you're wasting my time as a coach. I'll just leave. Screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I can get another job as a manager if y'all don't want to be baseball players. I'll go manage some guys who want to play baseball. Yeah, yeah he's, you know, him and Tony LaRusso are boys. He's like, I'll just go back with a winning organization. That's yeah. fine with me. I'll go back to scouting. I, no sweat off my back. And it's just like, that's such a weird, because when Dicka showed up at the Bears, he said, good news is in three years, 
We're going to be Super Bowl champions. Bad news is half of you ain't going to be here. <laughs> Bad news is it ain't going to be most of you. <laughs> it's just like, damn. <laughs> I mean, even even Bo Schembechler was like, those who stay will be champions. You don't want to be here? Get the fuck out. He wasn't leaving. He was like, you go fucking go. Go to that team in Ohio or, or, or take your ass up to Lansing. We, I don't give a shit that you want to be a champion. You stay here. And it's just... I, so Someone yeah. to cradle your balls and tell you everything's going to be okay. It ain't me. I'm here to win. I, you know, but and, you have that attitude nowadays in society, and you're demonized as an asshole. But I mean, for certain guys, it works, and other coaches, you know, it it doesn't. It wouldn't work for for a guy like Tony Dungy. It wouldn't work. It would. Tony Dungy was always, even as a player, you know, calm, cool, reserved. Like that's what he was known for. So as a coach, he was like, I'm not going to yell at you. I shouldn't have to yell at you. If I have to yell at you, you don't need to be on my team. Like, it's like in the military. He's that... It's that he's quiet, that, cool. He's that, yeah, he's that drill instructor that's like, oh, oh, so everybody woke up today and had a meeting that, that they don't want to do shit today. You know, and every other drill instructor is <laughs> yelling, yelling until they can't, you know, they're hoarse and they can't talk. And then the quiet one's like, oh, that's okay. You don't want to do anything today? That's all right. We'll just run all day. That doesn't bother me. So just put on your panties. Slip your little running shoes on because we're going for about a 20-mile run. Get out the dolphin shorts. <laughs> and that works. You know, it works. And I talked to anybody who's been in, in boot camp who had a quiet drill instructor. They're like, that's the one you're like, oh, shit. Like, here he comes. He, he's, a, he's like, oh, man. Because uh, when they're yelling at you, that's what they're supposed to do. When they're like, oh, so you just don't, you just don't want to be Marines today. He's going to take a day off, huh? This is George Carlin. While you're watching a, qu- a loud one, a quiet one will fucking kill you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and flip side of the coin, you got a coach like Herm Edwards, who's just hellfire and brimstone. He's, he, Herm Edwards is just like, give me a reason. Yeah, being the quiet cool wouldn't work with him. And so you just have to you just have to know what type of coach you need for the type of players you have, you know, which is, I guess, speaks to... That's so really our generation, because that's when that started. Because our parents' generation, it was, this is the coach you have. This is for players you have. Get over it. They're gonna be a problem. That's part of the deal. Everyone here is gonna be that. Now, if they don't do that, then that's coaches, players, management, anybody. If they don't do that, then they need to go somewhere else. You bristling up? No. Oh, just make sure you're not. A mashup of Herm for you. You ask a question like that, and I'm trying to give you a logical answer. That's unthinkable to me. That you have an opportunity in your lifetime to be a professional. That you think about quitting. See, you don't quit, and you don't quit in sports. You retire. You don't get to quit. That's not an option. See, someone told me that a long time ago. That that ain't even an option. The person told me that he ain't here. Anymore. He died. This is him being calm. This is what's weird about sports. <laughs> I know, man. about sports is. This is the calm Herm. You play to win the game. He's just Hello? looking. I love how he's looking you at the. Play to win <laughs> the game. This is how he's looking at everybody like, what the fuck? That's the great thing about sports. You play to win, and I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Yeah. Hey, you know what I noticed in that clip? It's, it's probably advanced in the digital age. You don't hear that those clicks anymore. 
at the the news conferences. No, there's no more flashes. There's no more having to hit an actual button. Well, dude, that's how. Once again, that's how that's how quick the times are changing in our lifetime. So imagine eighteen year old kid now. By the time they're our age, thirty eight, thirty seven, whatever. What you don't put everything out on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I grew up. You put your whole life on the internet. Oh, uh, you made me, when you were like, that's how I grew up. You know what I wanted to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 well, I mean, it had to happen. And as we get older, you know, I, like when it really hit me that wow, I'm really starting to get old. When the guys that I looked up to and and watched as a kid started retiring, and then it really hit me when like Ernie Harwell and Sparky Anderson died, and I'm like, they're dead. That's not retiring. Yeah. It's not like you're going to see him a couple times a year at some golf, you know, outing That's or it. something. Yeah, like holy shit, these were guys that like I, I grew up like. Oh no, you just take it for granted. They're always going to be there. No, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh-uh. like it is. It is getting to the point where it is to the point for me. And you're you're a few years younger than me, but you're you're right on that cusp of it where. The oldest players in the league are your age. Oh, no, I know. Trust me, I've already gone through that. You know, hey, guys my age are getting drafted. Hey, guys my age are stars in the league right now. Hey, guys my age are retiring. Now now I'm starting into, hey, guys my age are retired for multiple years. Yeah, so... Yeah, definitely as a as a man, watching that stuff. It's like, oh, no. Pretty soon you're going to be in the age of the coaches. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Already are the age of some of them, the guys who got in the game early. Yeah, when you start seeing these young coaches, you're like, he can't be a coach. He's young for a coach. He's 35. Uh, what? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, uh, he's younger than me, man. Fuck, I I really need to start doing something with my life. (laughs) You're like, oh, man, I'm young for a football coach? Fuck. Yeah, well, it happens to all of us. Even y'all listening, it's going to happen to you, especially you young ones. Cousin of mine has a great quote. Father time is undefeated. Yes, sir. All ends in a box. I heard a, I heard a uh, someone say it was sports related, but I cannot remember who said it. I, I, but he was talking about uh, if he was going to retire or not. And he was like, "Well, and it, it was in the NHL. I just can't. It's going to bother me because I'm going to come up with it five minutes after we end this." But he said, uh, "On your deathbed, you're not going to be wishing you know you you got a little bit more and guaranteed money and this and that. You're going to be like you just wanted a little bit more time. Just and you can't even say I'd give." Two years of my life for more time on your deathbed. Yeah, that's the bitch of it. Because there is, it's it's it. It's game over. So, well, that's a chipper note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? We just <laughs> wait. We just forced everyone to grasp their own mortality. All right. <laughs> This is a wrap, guys. And I was hoping we would end on a good note with Herm. And then we just went this way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, you play to win the game of life. There you go. We'll bring it, we'll bring it back around. <laughs> but thank you to everybody who's listened, downloaded, shared, retweeted. Thanks. You have a lot of choices in... Sp- <laughs> Let's try that again. You have a lot of choices in sports podcasts, and we're glad that you've chosen us. Yes. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> we, do, we do appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we will catch you next week, and thanks for listening, guys. Yep. See you later.
If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.